everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Love, Sex and Psych. My name is Amy and I hope you're all having a great week so far. I'm actually trying something new this week with the podcast. I've got myself recording via video on my phone. So I'm hoping that I can use like some video clips of me recording the podcast on the podcast TikTok and Instagram because I see videos of podcasts all the time and I love watching them. So Yeah, I thought that'd be fun and interesting to do, but I'm just hoping they turn out good because so far I've had to record this intro like three times. I don't know why, if I'm getting distracted by like looking at myself in the phone, I don't know what's going on, but yeah, it's just a lot. (laughs) So I'm hoping that these videos turn out good and if you want to see them, then you can go and follow the podcast TikTok and Instagram, which is just love, sex and psych. So yeah, keep an eye out for these videos. I don't know if they'll even be usable, but I'm hoping they are. For this week's episode, I am going to be talking about whether it's possible for our bodies to actually reject the wrong partner. And I'm also going to be talking a little bit about the ick and what it is and whether it is a protective mechanism or kind of destructive to relationships. Now, I've heard about this idea of our bodies essentially rejecting the wrong partner quite a bit. I hear it spoken about on social media, even like in my personal life, I swear my mum's like told me that, you know, your body will feel weird or things will sort of go wrong in your body or maybe you'll get sick if you're with the wrong person. And I think it is a really common idea to have and personally, I do kind of believe it. So I definitely did a fair bit of research to kind of, I guess, investigate whether this is even true in the first place. So I'm going to talk a bit about that and then about the ick. I'm going to talk about what the ick is, if there's any real like evidence that the ick is a protective mechanism or even helpful in relationships and some ideas as to why we get the ick. I'm just jumping in here to give a quick disclaimer. Although I do have a psychology degree, I'm not a registered psychologist. So please remember that any advice or recommendations I make in this podcast is not professional advice and it should not be taken in replacement to seeking professional help. If you are struggling, please reach out to your GP. Okay, back to the episode. Let's dive into the whole idea that your body will tell you when you're in the wrong relationship. And I think this is actually quite important to understand because the way that your body is feeling, the way you are feeling in general when you're in a relationship is such an important indicator of whether that relationship is right for you, whether that relationship is serving you and bringing out the good in you. I fully believe that you can look to how your body is feeling to tell you whether you are in the right or wrong relationship and the research actually does support this idea as well and one of the main things that will tell you whether you are in the right or wrong relationship is how much anxiety you are feeling in that relationship. I do also just want to note that if you do have diagnosed anxiety this probably won't apply to you because that's you know, that's a whole different condition. If you're a person that's been diagnosed with anxiety, you might feel anxiety in a huge amount of different situations in your life, including in your relationship. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you're with the wrong person because, you know, that's a condition that you can't control. But I think the difference is if you're generally not an anxious person and you feel a lot of stress and anxiety in a relationship that you're in, that's a bit of a red flag that you might be with the wrong person or that this relationship isn't 
benefiting you. If you feel anxious or stressed in a relationship, you might have an anxious attachment style and the reason that your attachment style is activated in a certain relationship is because your needs of intimacy and your needs of reassurance are not being met. Now, if you listened to one of my previous episodes about the anxious and avoidant relationship dynamic, I spoke a lot about the different attachment styles and I spoke about what an anxious attachment style is. I won't delve into it too much, but it's basically where you have difficulty trusting that people love you and you have difficulty trusting people in general. If you're anxious, you need constant reassurance. You might feel unlovable in yourself. You probably feel insecure. Being with a more secure person and someone that can really provide the intimacy that you're looking for is very important for an anxiously attached person so that you're not constantly living in fear that you're not loved and constantly mistrusting your partner. So if your anxious attachment style is basically being triggered by a certain relationship that you're in, I'd argue that you're not in the right relationship because your needs aren't being fulfilled. And constant or ongoing stress is actually really, really bad for your body. I'm sure a lot of people know this, but over time, when your stress system or your fight or flight response is activated for a long period of time, it actually lowers your immune system. It causes increased risk for various health conditions. I'm sure many people have experienced a period of ongoing stress in their life and could kind of relate to what it feels like of being, you know, burnt out and really run down by constant stress. So for example, maybe you went through a period of ongoing stress at work, you know, maybe there was a time in your job where you were super stressed, you felt burnt out, you were under the pump every day, working yourself so hard that you eventually felt burnt out and you were overworked and usually after a period of intense stress like that that's ongoing for a while you do get sick whether it just be a cold or whatever you get sick and that's because of the repressed immune function that ongoing periods of stress cause so you can imagine if you're in a relationship where stress is a constant where you know you're feeling insecure your intimacy needs are not being met whether that's because you have an anxious attachment style or just because this person you know is treating you in a way that induces a lot of stress that's really unhealthy for you and it's going to manifest in your body in physical issues and it even can manifest it with mental issues as well it can cause depression living in conditions of chronic stress has also been linked to poor health habits such as substance use sleep disruption poor nutrition and less exercise so you know if you're in a relationship where stress is constant you're likely not going to be looking after yourself either and then you've got the negative side effects that come with poor health behaviors like physical health issues mental health issues and again i do think that that is, you know, your body telling you that you're in the wrong relationship. If a relationship is influencing you to do bad things or to not look after yourself, I think that's a telltale sign that this relationship probably isn't right for you and it isn't leading you down a good path. And while we're on this topic, I really want to share my experience with how my body felt and how I was feeling within myself when I was in the wrong relationship. And I've spoken about this relationship in a lot of episodes about this really toxic relationship that I was in. And honestly, in that relationship, I was literally like a shell of a human being. And I can 100% say the reason I felt so bad 
in this relationship and the reason why it really affected my health both physically and mentally is because I was under constant stress because of the way I was treated and things that happened in the relationship that just caused me so much stress and so much anxiety in that relationship. So I'm just going to list off a few of the things that went on for me when I was in the wrong relationship, when I was in a very toxic relationship that were clear telltale signs that I was with the wrong person and that this relationship was not doing me any good at all. So I entered a really bad depression when I was in this toxic relationship. For I'd say majority of the relationship, I was very depressed. Um, I've spoken a little bit about it before in on the podcast, but I was in a very dark place. I was not happy at all. I had no hope for my future. I had no self-esteem, like no confidence at all. To be honest, I would go as far to say that I literally hated myself. I hated my life. Like I hated everything. And I'd never experienced anything like that before. Like obviously I'd been sad before. I think everyone's been sad. Everyone has things happen in their life that makes them sad and but this depression was on a whole nother level and yeah it was insane how long it lasted and how dark I felt. I think if you haven't experienced mental health issues it's just really hard to relate to how people feel because you know a lot of the time you know you might think just like get on with it, pull yourself out of bed and like go outside, like you'll feel better if you just go for a walk. But it's not like people with depression don't want to do that. You know, I'm sure they'd love to laugh and love to smile and love to feel happy. No one enjoys being depressed, but you literally can't. I I don't know how to explain it. You just can't. You have no motivation. You do. It's like you honestly lose the will to live. Sorry to get really dark and morbid, but that is how I felt at the time when I was in this relationship. I also lost a lot of weight when I was in this relationship. And to be honest, I literally looked not good. Like, you know, when people say you get out of a toxic relationship and all of a sudden you've got your glow back and you just look so much better. I literally felt that. Like, I remember when I got broken up with this most recent time, I remember like looking at myself and thinking like, I am glowing. Like I I remember I had no makeup on. I had like curly hair. I, I wasn't particularly looking my best, but I felt like my skin was glowing. I just felt like I looked healthy and I just, I don't know. I don't know what changed, but I literally, I just felt that I looked different. And when I look back at photos of me, when I was, you know, in the middle of this toxic relationship, I looked so drained. My dark circles under my eyes was so intense. I swear my face looked like it was like sunken in or something. Like my hair was like dull and dry. I just did not look good. And I feel like a relationship should make you glow. If you're in love, you know, you should be radiating such a loving and beautiful energy. And that was not me. I did not look good. I did not feel good. And that was just radiating on the outside, I think, as well. And before how I was talking about, you know, when you're living in a state of constant stress, you can really adopt very poor health habits. And I definitely did that as well. I really didn't look after myself. I didn't exercise. I didn't eat healthy. I didn't eat enough. I couldn't sleep. I literally had nightmares like every single night from things that I was stressing about in the relationship and I just 
overall was not taking care of myself. Obviously, that had to do with me being in a depression. But even when I did go through feeling better and I was able to come off my antidepressants, I still wasn't looking after myself because my whole world revolved around this relationship. So that's just my experience of my body literally screaming at me telling me that I'm with the wrong person and that this relationship is not good for me but when you're in the thick of it I guess it's really difficult to see that and really difficult to get out of it as well. Just before we move on to talking about X, I want to touch on how healthy relationships feel so different to you know a toxic relationship or a relationship that doesn't serve you and how healthy relationships literally improve your health and improve your well-being one thing I really want to talk about is something that I actually read in the book attached I've spoken about this book before it's so good everyone needs to read it but Basically, in this book, they talk about how independence is really, really valued in our society and it's almost frowned upon to be somewhat dependent on a partner. Obviously, I think everyone needs to have a level of independence in their life. You can't be completely dependent on a partner because it just wouldn't be healthy. But the point is that they were getting at in this book is that a certain level of dependence on a romantic partner is actually completely okay. And if you're in a healthy relationship you know, you should be able to rely on your partner to support you and uplift you and you should be able to depend on them for certain things as they should be able to depend on you for certain things. And this healthy level of dependence actually really promotes you to be able to go out into the world and be your best individual self. So basically their argument is that you need a certain level of dependence to be able to thrive individually. And the way that they frame it is that if you know anything about attachment theory, obviously you will know what a secure base is. Basically, they argue that a healthy partner is like a secure base. So a secure base is basically a person where that you feel safe with, that you know you can always go back to, you know they'll always be there. And the reason that they are a secure base is because you're able to go and explore the world out on your own, achieve things out on your own and even fail. You feel okay to fail because you have that secure base to go back to and you know that they will always be there for you whether things go right or wrong, you know, if things go wrong, they're there to support you. If things go right, they're there to uplift you and celebrate you. And that's basically this whole idea that was in the attached book. They argue that a healthy relationship is really beneficial for individuals because it allows them to feel confident enough to go out into the world and explore things on their own, try and make their own mark in the world because they have that secure base to come back to. And In an article I read in the Journal of Health and Social Behaviour, they actually reported that individuals with greater involvement in social relationships and healthier social relationships actually have lower levels of mortality. So they're less likely to die, basically. And that's because good quality relationships obviously reduce stress and therefore they reduce the risk of so many different health conditions. Okay, now we are going to talk all about the ick. And the reason I wanted to talk about the ick in this episode is because a lot of people suggest that the ick is a protective mechanism and it's another way of your body kind of warning you that you're with the wrong person or that this relationship isn't right for you. So if you don't already know, the ick, it is a made up term, but basically... It's a term used to describe this feeling that you get 
usually at the start of a new relationship or just when you are casually dating someone, but basically describes this feeling when your good feelings towards a person suddenly turn to disgust because of a specific behavior they did or something that they said. People get the ick from literally anything and I've heard some bizarre icks. For example, some people might get the ick from seeing someone chasing a ping pong ball, which is funny. I mean, I do think it's kind of dehumanizing seeing like a big grown man like chase after a little ping pong ball and maybe they like dive on it a few times and can't catch it. <laughs> like there's something about that that is kind of icky. And then there's more obvious ones like smelling bad, which I think is just a given like come on, you need to value personal hygiene. If you smell bad, I'm definitely getting the ick. And then being rude to wait staff, which I don't think this is an ick. I think this is just a plain red flag like if you're rude to wait staff what are you doing like there's no need for that at all I think that's yeah it's gross so the whole argument of why the ick could be a protective mechanism is because the feeling of disgust is actually an adaptive emotion so it's meant to protect us from potentially dangerous objects for example you get disgusted when you smell like off food or rotten food And that's to protect you from eating it so you don't, you know, get sick from it. So there's an idea that the ick could be a protective mechanism because you're getting disgusted by a person. And maybe that's the way your body is trying to tell you that this isn't the person for you or this person is a red flag. Now, there isn't really any proper academic studies on the ick. It is a relatively new term and it is a term that's used mainly in pop culture. So I'm guessing that's why there's not really any research on it or any studies. So the ideas that I'm going to talk about here, they're not backed up by research. A lot of them are just from normal articles, not academic articles. They haven't been confirmed through studies or research. So just keep that in mind. But there is one theory that I actually agree with and I feel like it can be supported by attachment theory. And this theory is that the ick happens due to a fear of intimacy or an avoidant attachment style. The reason I think this can be explained by attachment theory is because it's really common for people with an avoidant attachment style to use deactivating strategies in order to try and keep a partner at arm's length. Now, if you don't know much about the avoidant attachment style, it's when people have a fear of intimacy and they find it very difficult to connect deeply with other people on a deep emotional level. So they use these deactivating strategies to try and reduce that intimacy. So it's any behavior or thought that they can use to reduce that deep connection or reduce intimacy and create space between two people. And a common deactivating strategy that avoidance use is focusing on small imperfections in their partner. So for example, maybe the way that they eat, they dress or the way that they talk. And what avoidance do is that they allow these little things to get in the way of their feelings for a person obviously to reduce that level of intimacy and that connection where I feel like if you really liked a person and really loved who they were those little things wouldn't bother you so you know getting the ick for little things like that like for example getting the ick if someone had a bit of food in their teeth and thinking oh I can't see him again because he had food in his teeth and it just put me off I feel like that is such a good example of how avoidance use deactivating strategies because you know they try and create any little excuse to not become more emotionally connected with someone because they can't deal with that 
level of intimacy. This isn't a helpful or protective mechanism because it does block avoidance from creating further intimacy with a person. That could potentially be really great for you, you know. There might not necessarily be any real red flags that a person is displaying, but because avoidance just can't deal with deeper intimacy, they might block really good people from their lives by you know, essentially getting the ick. And there is another idea that the ick actually could be your unconscious picking up on red flags that you haven't consciously picked up on yet. So some people argue that the ick is basically a gut feeling that something isn't right and you'll start being like turned off by certain things or finding certain things about a person gross because your unconscious self, you know, knows that this isn't right. And personally, I feel like I have felt this before. I was in a relationship probably close to five years ago now. And I think towards the end of the relationship, I was getting the ick for everything that this person was doing. Everything that they did would just annoy me. I didn't think he was funny anymore. I thought he was boring. Like I didn't want to hang out with him. Hanging out with him just felt like a chore. It wasn't enjoyable anymore. And he didn't do anything wrong. Like he was a nice guy, but I think just unconsciously I knew that the relationship wasn't right for me anymore and that I just wasn't meant to be with this person. So I was just getting like turned off by them I I just didn't want to be around them anymore and I didn't know why and I just wasn't finding them funny I thought their jokes were cringy (laughs) and that might make me sound like a really horrible person but yeah I think that was just my body's way of being like come on like you're not in love with this person anymore you need to get out of this relationship basically so I definitely think in situations like that you might be like cringing at the way your partner is acting that could just be you know your body's way of being like you're not in love with this person anymore this relationship has run its course I actually just thought of another ick story that I want to share because I think it's really funny and honestly if you're going through a breakup I feel like this could help you I'm going to sound so mean, but you've got to do what you got to do when you're going through a breakup, you know? So basically what I did once when I was going through a breakup and I was really sad, I was struggling to get over this person. As I was looking through my camera roll, you know, trying to decide what photos I wanted to delete and whether I wanted to keep any, I came across this photo and this photo was the definition of an ick. It was the most, I don't want to be too rude here. It was just very unflattering. I'll describe it to you. So it was of a certain ex sitting down on the ground, very hunched over, like the hunchback of Notre Dame, eating a piece of pizza. And I caught this photo while he was like half like laughing, but trying not to like open his mouth because he had pizza in his mouth. So he was like laughing and you can see all this pizza in his mouth and in his teeth. And oh my Lord, that photo gave me the ick so much that what I would do when I was going through this breakup is I would just look at it whenever I was sad I would just look at this photo and be like do you really want to get back with this person I feel like that's so mean but it helped me move on so there you go if you are struggling to move on from someone and you have a very unflattering photo of them just keep looking at it because yeah it's like a version therapy you just need to keep looking at that terrifying thing and eventually you won't want to go near it (laughs) So I guess in some scenarios, the ick isn't really helpful because, you know, people can use it to try and reduce intimacy, even though someone might never have done anything wrong. But in other situations, I do think it is a way 
of like your unconscious mind trying to communicate to your conscious self that something isn't right and then also you can use the ick to your own advantage and look at very unflattering photos of your ex to help you get over them. (laughs) So that is everything I wanted to discuss in today's episode all about whether our bodies reject the wrong people and the psychology behind the ick. I really hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Don't forget to follow the podcast Instagram and TikTok, which is just love, sex and psych on both. You can follow the podcast on Spotify and give it a star rating as well. That would be greatly appreciated. And I will speak to you all in next week's episode. Bye.